G'day, welcome to Partakers. This is a series of studies called Luke Looks Back, based in the Gospel of Luke, and is presented to us by Roger Kirby. Over to you, Roger. Luke chapter 6, verses 17 to 26. We can call this the new way of Jesus. First part, blessings and woes. Luke wrote his own version of Matthew's more famous Sermon on the Mount. It is much shorter and was preached in a level place. Probably Jesus, like any travelling preacher, used much the same material many times, and these are two slightly different reports of what he said. He went down with them and stood on a level place. A large crowd of his disciples were there, and a great number of people from all over Judea, from Jerusalem and from the coast of Tyre and Sidon, who came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. Those troubled by evil spirits were cured, and the people all tried to touch him because power was coming from him and healing them all. Looking at his disciples, he said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when men hate you, when they exclude you and insult you and reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, because great is your reward in heaven, for that is how their fathers treated the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have already received your comfort. Woe to you who are well fed now, for you will go hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when all men speak well of you, for that is how their fathers treated the false prophets. The biggest differences occur in the list of blessings and the woes that Luke, but not Matthew, has after them. Luke has only four blessings and four matching woes, and understanding them is tricky. First blessing then. Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. And our first question is this. Which of the following statements are true or false comments about this blessing, and why? First statement. All poor people are already in the kingdom because they are poor, and therefore can be sure they will be saved when they die. Second statement. All the poor people who met King Jesus as he walked round Galilee were in the kingdom, because they had met the king, and therefore would be saved. Third statement. Jesus was only talking about those who were, and are, spiritually poor. They would be in the kingdom, and that is what Matthew says in chapter 5 and verse 3. Fourth statement. Jesus didn't say anybody is in the kingdom. He told them who it belongs to. That means it is wide open for the poor, but they still have to set out to follow Jesus wholeheartedly to be in the kingdom. And we pause for a moment.
It is certainly true that Jesus had a special feeling for the poor people he met, and got on better with them than rich people. But just poverty by itself does not let anyone into the kingdom. So the first three statements are all false. To follow Jesus is the all-important way into the kingdom, which is what the fourth statement said. That first blessing was about something that was happening then, present tense. The next two blessings, two and three, are about the future, in the future tense. The second blessing, in verse 21. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you will be satisfied. Jesus was talking to a big crowd. In those days, many people did not get enough to eat and would be hungry. Matthew interprets this as being about hunger and thirst for righteousness, and we should probably understand this that way. The difficult word righteousness is about establishing a relationship, the basic meaning of the word translated righteousness, between the Lord and his people, which can only be done by making a person good and holy before God, which fortunately God by his grace will do for us, for we could never be good enough in and of ourselves. To repeat the second blessing, Blessed are you who hunger now, for you will be satisfied. So our second question is this. Are you hungry in this spiritual sense now? Are you prepared to wait to be satisfied later? When will later be? Or are you in too much of a hurry? The Bible consistently teaches that the final justice of God at the judgment day will right all wrongs, particularly for the poor and the hungry who trust him now. But of course most of the answer to this question is something you're going to have to meditate on yourself. Now the third blessing. Blessed are you weep now, for you will laugh. Someone has said, those who wish to serve him best are conscious most of sin within, which relates to that blessing. Question three, is it worth weeping over our sins now for the promise of laughing later? Have you any advice for yourself and others as to how to think more about the future and make that a more important factor in the way you live now? You will note that I cannot answer this question for you. Blessing number four. Blessed are you when men hate you, when they exclude you and insult you and reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, because great is your reward in heaven, for that is how their fathers treated the prophets. What is the great condition of this blessing and all the others? Here it is again. Blessed are you when men hate you, when they exclude you and insult you and reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man. Are the problems of this blessing certain to happen for the true follower of Jesus? Our joy depends on following the Son of Man, as Jesus called himself. Whether we will be hated, despised, insulted and rejected depends on where we have to live in this world. Some of us have it easy, others do not. 
Here are the four woes. Woe to you who are rich, for you have already received your comfort. Woe to you who are well fed now, for you will go hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when all men speak well of you, for that is how their fathers treated the false prophets. Jesus does seem to have a rather poor view of life. He seems to think being rich, well fed, cheerful and well thought of are all bad things. Most of us probably disagree and would defend our right to disagree. What then can we make of these sayings? Perhaps we should start this way. You probably know somebody who is rich, fat, always cheerful and in the middle of a group of people and yet you would not at all like to be that person. Why is that? Question 5. What are bad things about being rich, fat, always in the middle of a group of people? Why did Jesus make these his woes? You will need to think hard about this one. People like this all too often are what they are because they are careless of other people. They think only of themselves and what they can get out of life, regardless of how many people they hurt and offend on the way. But they have a sort of life force that seems to push them through life successfully. The psalmist in Psalm 73 grumbles about these sort of people and comforts himself, saying, God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. That was a particularly difficult study. I hope you got something out of it in spite of that. Thanks, Roger. This series is on every Sunday, but as usual on Partakers, www.partakers.co.uk, there is something new available every day to inspire your Christian life.